Hi, everyone. I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. Yay! So in this podcast, we talk about things related to musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh my god, okay. I was so nervous <laughs> before this musical, why? Claire, and you know this. I don't know why, but I feel like any musical that contains like heavily an identity that I'm not part of, I don't I don't I really just don't want to offend anybody. So I feel like for myself at least, I don't know if you want to sign your name off of that in the end as well. A disclaimer, I have absolutely no idea or education about like you know the gender aspect of it so if okay I say let me ask you this okay when you watch lion king do you yeah. feel like it was inappropriate because you're not from that culture or that continent no exactly but when i watched miss saigon miss saigon i still refuse to listen to the to like to re-listen to the episode because i feel like i messed up so bad there like there are certain episodes that i just like make myself so self-conscious in order to not say the wrong thing or offend somebody that i just couldn't like overthink it during the entire recording and i just don't enjoy it and before this kind of episode i just want to like put a disclaimer I am just going to say everything from like a musical perspective or whatever. I have no knowledge about like the identity part of it. So if I say something that is dumb, I'm sorry, educate me. I'll definitely be willing to learn. Um, But I want to say like, because of my ignorance, I'm just going to take it easy and try not to think about it and do my thing. So yeah. No, I can see how you're very... um how should I say this? That survival instinct is like... (laughs) Survival instinct? (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, I don't want to offend anyone. Like, we know this is a very sensitive, it's a very, like, PC issue, and, like, we don't want to come off as rude or offensive. But I feel like people should get it that because, obviously, not everyone who's not from that community would know everything about that community. That is so, it's so natural, like, almost. It's so obvious that we are not going to know everything. And... Mm -hmm that doesn't mean that we're not going to be respectful. Like yeah. we're still going to be respectful, but we have 100%. questions. And when we do have questions, even if they're dumb questions that we're hoping that whoever is listening to this or maybe somebody on the internet or whatever are willing to like, discuss or like, educate us on it. So it doesn't mean that we are trying to be offensive. It's just like, we just don't know. And the fact that we admit that we don't know, I think it's enough. So you don't have to be too, too nervous about like, Okay, that's such a healthy way to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a healthy way to think about it. And I wish I could be like as relaxed about it. But I don't know. I just feel like I'll say something wrong. I'll offend somebody. So I'm just saying a blanket statement. I'm not educated about this. So I'm going to talk only about like the narrative aspect of it. And if I say something that is wrong, educate me. I'll definitely be willing to learn. But yeah. Okay. I know. I feel like you literally never experienced that kind of like nervousness when we talked about like other issues that didn't pertain to you, for example, like just not wanting to offend somebody somebody because of that or that never happened to you. I feel like it happened once, but I didn't remember which episode it was. Oh, <laughs> so it wasn't as vivid. No, like I didn't really have a lot of fear because I feel like it's just these days it's literally impossible for you to to know everything and even if you do know everything that's assumed even within the community itself like no matter which community that is like people are still gonna have different opinion that's true. so it's pretty much impossible to just reach a common ground where everybody just agree so I think mm-hmm. the least that we can do is just be respectful and to acknowledge that 
because we don't know everything. So we're willing to be open about it and to discuss about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why people are so afraid of asking questions or making comments these days. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that they just don't want to come up as rude or offensive because it's a very PC world. But then mm. if you don't ask questions, you never learn. In my opinion. That's true. So, I think yeah. it also depends because I feel like people react completely different if it's one on one. But when it comes to things that are on the Internet, it's so anonymous that people can say whatever they want so mm-hmm. the way that they approach certain situation is going to be very very different from face to face to the anonymity of the internet so people can be very uh strong in the way they convey things rather than going with the mindset of it being educational and i think it's just the person that you're communicating with whether you mm-hmm. are lucky or not and who, who what kind of audience do you have I think our audience is very nice <laughs> I hope so I hope so, so I think they'll be very supportive of us but you never know so uh it's good to be careful and just announce it out there but I do think that your mindset of coming into this is very mature I think it makes you a lot less nervous to discuss these kind of topics and that's very healthy oh thank you I hope that that helped you to like overcome some of the nervousness and uh and just you know enjoy and have a conversation that's what I was going to do anyway it was like okay no this one I'm just gonna enjoy myself I'm not gonna overthink it much which Mm -hmm. is why the disclaimer existed there in the first place it was actually nothing that I even scripted okay um I think for this one what I'm going to try to do to kind of distinguish it from another one is just go at it from a relaxed point of view because for the other ones that did include these kind of things I always try to like a lot of research around it try to like make it very informed (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that I wasn't informed for here for here at all or don't try to educate myself but it wasn't like what I focused on for the episode Mm -hmm. okay so yeah should we go into the brief synopsis of the show Claire okay Okay, so Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a musical about a genderqueer singer named Hedwig as she performs to an audience her life story leading up to and following her botched up sex change operation, leaving her with one inch of her penis. So a little bit about the musical itself. The musical opened off Broadway in 1998 and came to Broadway only in 2014 and was helmed by Neil Patrick Harris who is very, very famous. Did you recognize him at all, by the way, when you watch it? Neil nope. Patrick Harris was the version we watched. Did yeah, you watch I How I Met Your Mother? Nope. Okay. Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe that's why. He He's really like, he, he was in a ton of movies. He blew up after How I Met Your Mother and he was a child actor beforehand. But um, I think he's probably best known for that one. Okay. He was also in an episode of Glee that he didn't watch. <laughs> Well, that will make sense because I didn't watch it. There's some guests that come in an episode that I know you watched, uh, for example, like Idina Menzel, but there are some guests that don't, and he's one of the ones who didn't. Speaking of Glee, the musical went on a US tour with Darren Chris, who plays Blaine Anderson in Glee in 2016. So going back to the Broadway revival in 2014, it was nominated for eight Tonys and it won four of them. So needless to say, very successful. Um, And it was also widely adopted internationally. Like there's a list of countries and the Wikipedia article are just like numerous. Okay, hold on a second. If it wins so many awards, like why was it only on Broadway for one year? I think it was on Broadway until 2016 and then it went on the tour. But my guess is... There is a lot of like 
logistics that has to go into Broadway and the fact that they managed to have Neil Patrick Harris was like major star probably charges quite a bit and has a full schedule it could be very very difficult for him to stay in a single production eight hours sorry eight days per um sorry eight performances per week for more than a year or two because Mm -hmm. you know that's just really unrealistic for somebody of his star caliber and my guess is it would also be less desired if there isn't such a huge name attached to it because this is essentially like a one-person show you know the person who plays Hedwig 95% of the time and then the person who plays like um how do they pronounce his name because I always go to like Isaac which is the English like pronunciation or Itzhak which is like the Hebrew pronunciation do you remember <laughs> his name was I think pronounced. I think it was pronounced Isaac, but then Isaac? we can try to pronounce it a proper way. I think like. it was Itzak or something. Itzak. Yeah. Okay. So this is not a pronunciation we're used to, but 5% of Itzak. So because of that, it's going to be really, really difficult for an unknown person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's the reasoning behind it. It also, like, apart from that, It's a pretty well-known musical, like outside of the musical community with a very successful movie adaptation in 2001. It was also referenced in a lot of teen shows like Riverdale, which we covered before. (laughs) So yeah, Um, before we go into like the in-depth summary of the musical, what is your familiarity like with Hedwig and the Angry Inch? I haven't really watched or heard anything about it, to be honest. Hmm. I think... I randomly was scrolling through some of the Wikipedia musical pages and it came to my mind. And yeah, Mm -hmm. and I just wrote it down on our list of musical ideas. Oh, you wrote it down. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't know that. (laughs) I did. Yeah, I thought like the the theme was interesting and we haven't really covered anything like LGBTQ related. And I personally am interested. So I'm like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Put it down. So that's why. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, You are at least a little bit familiar with it, I think, though, because we discussed the show in the past, Sex Education. If you remember, Eric and Otis were going to, like, a performance of Hedwig and the Ingrid Inch, and they're all dressed in costume and everything. Oh, okay, yes. Ring a bell? (laughs) Yes, that does ring a bell now. Yeah, so I think that at least would be somewhat of other familiarity you would have um with the source material mm-hmm. um in terms of my familiarity I wouldn't say it's a lot more than yours I was definitely aware of it before this one and also probably before sex education when I watched that but I never listened to the cast recording I just knew what it was about like the quick summary of it mm-hmm. and I didn't really look into it more deeply but I'm glad that we did because I actually spoiler alert enjoyed myself quite a bit um so let's go into the in-depth summary for this one so the musical open with uh, his name (laughs) Itzak I think I'm gonna stick I'm gonna decide now how to pronounce it the inability of mine to pronounce his name is not due to not preparing myself I'm just really really bad at pronouncing people's names or pronouncing things in general as is evident by anything French that my mouth ever like uttered, which is way more than you would think in this musical. I feel cheated every time I have to say something French. I mean, you can try to pronounce it 
the proper way. I don't think you'd be able to pronounce it the proper way. So. And that's fine. It's the attempt that counts. But also, like, you know, names change when you change them into like a different language. Like, Rachel is also a Hebrew name, but it's not pronounced Rachel in Hebrew. So I feel like it should be pronounced how the person is pr- like is pronouncing it, you know? Mm-hmm. No, you don't agree? Okay, sure. <laughs> okay. I am going to stick to Itzhak and I'm crossing my fingers, hoping it's correct. If it's not, then I'm just stuck at pronunciation. And there are many, many different ways to pronounce his name. So that's that. So the musical opens with him. And he introduces Hedwig before her concert. So Hedwig briefs us about her life. So she was born in East Germany, specifically in East Berlin, during the Cold War. Another musical about the Cold War. We just finished one. True. Anyway, she went, uh, underwent her botched sex change operation to move from East Germany to the U.S. And she's in the U.S. right now. So after the initial opening song is over, Hedwig formally introduces us to her band, The Angry Inch, and her husband, Itzhak. So same day, same time as Hedwig's performance, her ex-lover, big-time rock star Tommy Gnosis, is performing in Times Square, which is a bit of a bigger venue than what she has. So she has a little bit of jealousy issues there, especially since Tommy, Tommy, Tommy stole all of Hedwig's songs without giving her any credit. And he also, um, what a lovely person, he killed a school bus full of children when he lost control of his driving while getting a blowjob from Hedwig. So overall, sounds like a standout guy. Amazing. Hedwig reminisces about her childhood. So as we mentioned before, she was born in East Berlin to an East German mother and an American GI father. And every time I hear American GI, I get war flashback to Miss Saigon. Never want to hear American GI again. (laughs) Um, And every time I hear GI without the American, I just have war flashback to my anatomy classes with gastrointestinal attack. Did you have to take anatomy? No, thank goodness. Not even in like bio classes and like secondary school? So I don't know if you remember, but I hate frogs. So I don't we know. We had to like, dissect a pig. What? Yeah. <laughs> How big? Like a, a baby pig. Wow. That was really fun. I, I would like. That's fancy. Because I, I think but... like in my school, people just the best that they did was like a bird or like a frog or something like that. We did a frog in grade 10. And then if you continue to bio grade 11, which I think you did, right? grade 11 so I started IB starting grade 11 there's no bio in IB there is but um it didn't have an anatomy in it so okay 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 okay. yeah so grade 10 was frog and then grade 11 was a pig or like a pig embryo Um, pretty much a baby and it was a lot of oh that sounds like that's gonna sound horrible but it was a lot of fun as (laughs) as a class was allowed to just like feel and see things that are operational like this like it feels like it's going to be very important like you're like at minimum a doctor or like a surgeon and you have a very important task of like identifying everything and going through like all the bell ringer labs I felt very cool but I guess that is not something you went through yeah so instead of your frog lab did you have to do like a presentation or something else could you just opt out I don't remember if we need to do a presentation. I think that we probably need to at some point. I can't remember what it was about. <laughs> but yeah, but that's it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. So Hedwig used to listen to on American radio <laughs> all of the time from her and her mother's small apartment and grew up essentially with rock music all around her. So Hedwig's songs about the desire to find her soulmate through Greek origin of love is told by Plato's um, Aristophanes Symposium. And let's talk a little bit about that story. So according to the symposium, humans used to be double-bodied and conjoined at the back. And there were three genders. So human from the sun were two male conjoined, human from the earth were two women conjoined, and human from the moon were a man and a woman conjoined. So the gods felt threatened by the humans as they were too powerful for the liking, but they still wanted to be worshipped. So killing humans was kind of like off limits for them. To solve the problem, Zeus cut the humans in two. So their power is halted and they spend their entire lives searching for their other half to feel whole again. Following that, Hedwig talks about her life just before everything changed for her. So she used to be an academic, but dropped out at 26. She never kissed a boy and gave up on finding one in East Germany, but was hopeful she'd be able to find her soulmate on the other side of the wall. One day, Hedwig was sunbathing at a secluded location. I think she mentioned it was like a bomb shelter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How can you like sunbathe in a bomb shelter but okay and (laughs) she met an American soldier there and the two fell in love so the American soldier name is Luther and he convinces Hedwig to start wearing women's clothes Hedwig takes a break and lets Itzhak sing a bit while constantly putting him down she stops him before he could finish his like last note from the song just to continue her story out of jealousy so continuation of her story Luther and Hedwig got married Luther got Hedwig a wig and an American citizenship application so they can both move to the United States. Hedwig consulted her mom if that's possible, what's the logistics of everything, and her mom advised her to take her name, so her name is Hedwig, um, and pose as her for immigration. Unfortunately, the couple would have to get married in East Germany to apply for American citizenship. And it involves like a physical examination before the marriage, apparently. So as a result, Hedwig had to get a sex change operation. The sex operation got botched and the doctor left Hedwig with one inch of her penis. Hedwig and Luther divorced shortly after she came to America because Luther cheated on her with a man. And also shortly before or after she came to America, the Berlin Wall fell. So she didn't actually have to go through it at all, which really sucks. Next, Hedwig recounts how she met Itzhak. She met him on a drug night in Croatia, where to her annoyance, he was really, really popular. Um, He was so popular that the applause for his performance drowned hers. And as a result, she refused to perform. A little bit of a diva moment for her. But before she left, Itzhak begged her to take him to America with her. And she agreed on the condition that he leaves something of his behind, just like she did. So she banned him from ever putting on wigs ever again, and he agreed. Going back to Hedwig after Luther left her, she worked babysitters or babysitting gigs. And if I'm not mistaken, she was also a prostitute. Is that right? I don't know, actually. Did you get that? Okay. I I think she said like, oh, I worked miscellaneous gigs and I did like some odd jobs, mainly blow jobs. So I'm guessing that that is a reference to prostitution. And also like, a little bit of a background about Hedwig and the Angry Inch musical. The musical was supposed to be a little, like about Tommy Gnosis instead of Hedwig. Hedwig was just supposed to be like a side character, but 
the creators decide to explore hers more and it's based on a real person I believe like the person who made it he was supposed to be Tommy Gnosis the one who wrote the book I don't remember his name I think his last name was Mitchell or something or his first name mm-hmm. and um, he was supposed to be Tommy Gnosis who is like a very shy person comes from a very religious Catholic family and his babysitter was a East German prostitute so I think I think she was actually supposed to be a prostitute there. So yeah, going back to Tominosis, aka the rock and roller, a Times Square person. Um, so he was the brother of one of the children she babysat. He used to be a very shy and religious person, as we mentioned before, when she first met him. And she invited him to listen to her music at a venue she's playing at. So going back to her childhood or her earlier life, she used to perform in East Berlin, but she wasn't really popular. In fact, she was pretty unpopular. She got tomatoes thrown at her. And in fact, she's not that much more popular in America, but at least she does what she loves. And I love that for her. Tommy, who watched her show, decided to collaborate with her, starting off by singing backup vocals. His presence drew a lot of teenage girls to come, which increased their popularity as a group a lot. As the relationship progresses uh, or progressed, Hedwig comes to the revelation that Tommy is her missing half. They were about to consummate the relationship, but when he finds out about her operation, he runs out of the front door and leaves her. Hedwig is overcome with emotions and can't perform the song, so Itzak covers for her. Um, Hedwig is really thankful for the rescue and admits the crowd like Itzak a lot. And she immediately plots on publicity of a double act with him, but he isn't having it. He spits at her and leaves. Um, As the performance progresses, Hedwig has a bit of a breakdown and we love an unstable queen. And after its peak of the breakdown, um, she kind of has like a come to Jesus moment and she gave Itzak her wig and her blessing. And Itzak is the one to finish the performance in full drug as Hedwig leaves. And that's how the show ends. Yay, okay. thank you. <laughs> thank you for what? that very long, long summary. Long. This is one of our shortest. That's true. But uh, probably because we didn't really comment much in between. Um, I think it's one of our, sh- like, this is a short show. This is only an hour and a half. True. And previously, like our previous one, which is chess, was two and a half hours long. And there's a lot more to add to it. And <laughs> we have shows that involve a lot more characters and you have to explain a lot more about each characters or involve more lore. Um, and here we had very little lore, just the thing about like the Aristophanes Symposium. And we had two characters, really, and three characters or four characters that were actually talked about in a little bit more depth. So not a very large show, (laughs) Mm -hmm. all in all. Should we talk about the songs? Sure. Okay, let's start with Tear Me Down. What do you think? I like it. You do? Yeah, I think it's such an energetic song. Mm. It's very catchy, powerful. I think it really represents uh, her character really, really well. And it's also a very important song because it positions the wall as a metaphor for herself. And her first few words in the shows are, don't you know me? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and tear me down. So in the song, Isaac says that the world was divided by a cold war. And there's like this symbol of divide. And this whole show is pretty much just extending that metaphor. So how the wall doesn't just represent Hedwig, but it also represents all of us. Like everyone is divided. The show says 
both within ourselves and across the world and blah, blah, blah. So I think just how it positions itself as a very important opener to both the character and the theme, the message, the journey that this show is going to take you on is quite significant. And it's also a really fun number. So I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I personally like rock. So I find this musicals, music and songs really enjoyable. I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun just listening to the songs. It's very like songy like and less like talky like, mm-hmm. which a lot of musical songs usually are. So yeah, I personally really enjoyed it. But how about you? I think it's a cute number. Um, to be honest, this is a pretty unconventional track list of songs for a musical, at least I found. So except for like the final two songs, they all have the same energy and intensity. So it doesn't give an opening number necessarily any more than the song following it. But I would say it's very, very fun. Uh, Hedwig has a very magnetic personality, which is essential um, because it's like a one person show. And it's Mm -hmm. so important for the actor who plays Hedwig to be as charismatic as possible, especially since we have to put it out there, really like Hedwig isn't the best person in the world. Like her relationship with Itzhak and Tommy are just like the obvious examples because Tommy was 17 and she was like in her late 20s. Um, so definitely there are some issues there but Hedwig is also a very complex person and has many redeeming qualities that make us feel for her so I think it's really important for the person to be able to carry that kind of presence Mm -hmm. Um, I really like the voice of Hedwig because it's very distinct so her musical inspiration from rock is also very crystal clear she has a connection to it from childhood that is something that is kind of like talked about throughout the show which I appreciate Despite being very minimalistic production, which we talked about before, you can see some hints in the acting about the character dynamic from the get-go, like literally from the first song. So, for example, during the opening number, you start to see a lot of like the relationship between Hedwig and Itzhak when he belts out at the end of the number and Hedwig unplugs his mic out of jealousy. Um, (laughs) I thought it was really, really cute. It's so childish, yeah. It's so childish. And I I really like that and appreciate that about Hedwig because you can see all of her personality knowledge just flows out of her and you need to have that in order to understand her better in order to appreciate her as a person so the song itself was like nice it was okay it wasn't like one of my favorite the favorite things I've ever listened to and let's be honest I'm not much of a rock person either so that makes sense Mm -hmm. but I really appreciate the performance around it and also like the lyrics and the entire production I actually thought that you would hate Hedwig actually oh why I don't know because the characters that you like are usually really, really good, like in terms of personality no, and nature. I like Rachel so Berry. Like, okay, that's debatable. But like you started watching them since you're a teenage, right? No, so I feel but like I really different. like my characters. Like something that I watched more recently is like Scream Queens, I'd say. And Scream Queens is just full of mean characters. So I like mean characters as long as they're self-aware and as long as like they have some kind of improvement, you can see vulnerability within them. And this entire show is just Hedwig putting her vulnerability up on stage for everybody to see. Okay. So it's important for me to be able to have mean characters are also complex and have a good or understandable reason that I can sympathize with behind them. I feel like you have a very like black and white vision of what I like. <laughs> but I feel like I... you're a very black and white person. Though. Oh, definitely not. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Very. But I appreciate that. I think it means that 
you think I have a strong sense of morality. But I really enjoy Hedwig because of her vulnerability. And if you have perfect characters, which are not kind of characters I enjoy, you won't really have any progression within them. And what I appreciate most about this musical is the arc that Hedwig goes through throughout this just 130 minutes. And she does it so effectively and so beautifully. That is what I really like about the musical. And that's actually the saving grace (laughs) for me because listening to it, from the cast recording first um because rock is not necessarily my genre there are only about three or four songs that i actually kind of like really liked and the rest of them i liked fine but i didn't think much of i mean and, three or four is like 50 percent almost so that's yeah but good. like yeah that's true but like not ones that i connected with as much as like other songs for example so i think literally the performance just like with spelling bee actually it really saved the musical for me mm-hmm um okay should we go to the origin of love sure so i feel like this musical does a good job of mixing up the high energy rocky song versus like the more emotional numbers and this is a lovely emotional song and i can definitely see this as being also a very important song just to set the tone of the musical because (laughs) it tells you literally the care to motivation and why we need to care about her journey pretty much and it explains that even when she was a kid like she has always been looking for this other half to feel completed again and Mm -hmm. that drive to feel completed to feel like you're um incomplete person that there's a missing half of you it's pretty much what drove her to make all these decisions up until this point pretty much Mm -hmm. so it's very very important for us as audience to be able to connect with her on that level and I think this song does it really well and it makes sense that it's an emotional song because we do need to feel sympathy and we do need to feel like we are on her side. So from all sorts of angles and, and aspects, I feel like this song does a really good job on just sort of like including us in what she values and therefore that we can care about what she is going through. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I thought the mythology part or like the philosophy part was also very interesting. I don't know if I believe in soulmate though. So mm. that's something that I thought about when I was listening to this part because it's very clearly that she does believe in it. And that's one of the very, pretty much like the fundamental part of this whole story. Mm-hmm. But I personally don't believe in soulmate at all. So mm, like I can't understand her but I can't relate to her on that level. But how about you? Do you think you believe in soulmates? Oh, not at all. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing about me does. I don't believe in like anything supernatural. And I think soulmates gives me a very supernatural edge for everything. So definitely not a soulmate person. I think if you vibe with a person, it takes a lot of hard work to work on your love and to make sure that you continue to grow as people and when you grow as people, you also have the risk of growing apart. So it takes a lot of active work to make sure that you are, are able to stay together. So definitely don't believe in soulmates. But I do understand that it's a very romantic idea. I enjoy like media that consumes uh, or talks about romance and stuff like that, just from a wholesome, cute perspective. But it's definitely like a fantasy realm for me. In terms of the song, I think we're very like much on the same wavelength here like pretty much everything you said I also included my in my notes I think apart from that I really enjoyed the ancient Greek aspect of it because I feel like we discussed this before we we're both kind of suckers for 
ancient Greek mythology and also like the culture. So I think it will be right up our alley. I also want to say this is my favorite song. But yeah, but I only like the middle part a lot where everything ramps up and then a little bit of the ending. The start is a little bit slow and simple for my liking, but it is very necessary to really make the middle and end sections pop and be like more impactful. It really is interesting that Hedwig makes the story a bit more universal by introducing figures from like Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology, and Indian mythology. I think it makes it a little bit more relatable for everybody else who is not part of the same culture. And I think, like you mentioned yourself, the song is really appropriately placed because it is so necessary to understand Hedwig, who is constantly searching for her missing half throughout the entire musical. So it being the second song is crucial. And I don't think it will be a good enough or a good enough introduction to Hedwig herself as the first song. So mm-hmm. I think this is like the perfect place for it mm-hmm. throughout the checklist. Agreed. Um, let's move to Sugar Daddy, which I really, really enjoyed. There, I mentioned before, like, there are only three songs or so that I really enjoy when I first like listened to it. And this being the second one, I like the other ones fine, but the music just isn't really my cup of tea. I'm not much of a rock person. What I do really like here is the energy and emotions and Sugar Daddy is like the funnest energy in the entire musical. And this song also gives me a little bit of a country vibe in addition to like the rock, glam rock part of it, which considering it's about her relationship with like an American soldier, it makes a lot of sense. So I like how they paid attention to details like that and just really cute in my opinion. What do you think? I think it's so much fun. It is. It is so much fun. It's so physical demanding too. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of respect for for Hedwig here. Like honestly, she is on the stage, like like you said, ninety five percent of the time. And in this number especially, like there's a lot of crazy thing that she does. Like she has to like walk around. She has to climb up something. She goes into the audience seats. She even like interact with the audience. And it really feels like a concert, which is crazy if you think about just how much energy that you have to put into um, to make this number really engaging. <laughs> something that she did that I thought was really interesting is also like I think she took up an audience and glasses and she leaked it or something and I'm like okay I don't know if I like that if I'm the person who owns that pair of glasses but that is something that I can totally see happening in the rock concert for example mm-hmm. so it's really fun it's super energetic I like it a lot I think this is one of the songs that narratively doesn't really have a lot of meaning but it's really catchy it's very symbolic it's one of the big numbers too I think it was performed on the Tonys too so Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that's out there so even without the context of the narrative or the story or the plot you can still enjoy it just as it is yeah for sure and I think the reason why I vibe with this one for example more than the other one is classic rock might be a little bit not my cup of tea but this is more of like the the glam rock and Mm -hmm. involves other aspect of music like the country vibes to it so I think that really softened the image for me and really makes it energetic like the one thing that I like about energetic about songs is the energy that they have which is why I gravitate towards pop a lot um so I think because they utilize so many different aspects and subgenre of rock they have a new like even though it's cohesively about rock overall each song has a little like zhuzh to it that makes it a little bit like more special and makes it differentiate one song from another mm-hmm. um it would be nice if they explore a little bit more but I understand the choice of making it rock only and if that's what they're going to do if this is their choice this is probably the best way to do it 
Okay. Mm, when love explodes. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even mm. have the song in my notes. I don't know oh, why. It's like the Heart Locker song. Oh. Hmm. Can't say that I really remember what exactly happened. So we can okay. probably go. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll go about this one then. I think it's an okay song. It's um it's a song. He has a great voice, but it just really gives me no emotions. There is very little for me to see how Hedvig is or how he is, their personalities. All I see from this is how she bullies him and how she's jealous of him. But really, it has nothing to do with the characters themselves, just with the acting around it. So you can substitute it with any song where he's in the lead and you would get the same thing from it. I think apart from that, its main function is to calm down the energy after Sugar Daddy and before the Angry Inch and gives it a little bit more of an oomph when the Angry Inch comes. Um, but I think because the song is so unremarkable, you could change it to something that is at least a little bit nicer. Like it's still, it can still be calm. It can still feature Itzhak. It's fine, but make it a little bit more memorable. Mm-hmm. Okay, Angry Inch. To me, it's very similar to the to the Sugar Daddy in a way that is also very energetic. But to me, it's less interesting than Sugar Daddy just because that is very repetitive. Mm. Uh, so that's one of the things that I didn't really enjoy about the song. But character-wise, it marks an interesting aspect of her character. So she is definitely interesting and very complex for any musicals to have like as a as a main character i think mm-hmm. she's not i don't know if she you can call her like a drag queen but then i don't think she is and she's not a man what they say she, in the wikipedia mm-hmm. article is that she's gender queer so they said she's not transgender she's not a drag queen she is like the intersection between a woman and a man, according to them. So at least that's what the creator said. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So here, I oftentimes like I've got really confused mm-hmm. about things like this. So yeah. I, I think this is where our disclaimer is going to come into effect. But <laughs> but I'm not really sure. So can you be so you can be homosexual or transgender and also a drag queen, right? But can know. you be a drag queen without being a transgender person, for example? Yeah, I think so. Like, you can still be cisgender and be a drag queen. It just means that you... So what exactly is a drag queen? Because I think the drag queen aspect of it is the performance portion. So, like, it's a culture and a performance. You have, like, um, a specific style and a specific language that you would use. You have a, a whole elaborate, like, dance routine a lot of the time. When you have, like, a performance of drag night in bars, I think it's something that is really requires a lot of like art and skills around it so I feel mm-hmm. like it's more of an art form rather than like identity? I don't know if I'm not sure if it's rather than identity but like the way I understand it it's more of like an art elaborate art thing because like I've never watched RuPaul Drugs Race but I know it's based off of America's Next Top Model to an extent and they have to like create their outfit they have to create like a dance number I think and they have like a song and stuff like that so like based on my understanding uh, which is very very shallow of that it involves a lot of like artistic avenues where you have to express yourself and build an entire new persona around you that is divorced from your non-drug persona so I think it's more than just just an identity I think that like there is more to it that's really interesting because I feel like the fact that Hedwig is not technically a drag queen 
puts her in such a blur line of a lot of things and Mm -hmm. that's honestly probably the message of the show is that you Mm -hmm. don't really have to be put into a certain box or being labeled a certain thing but then I think that's why Itzhak is played by a woman usually yeah which is also very interesting I don't Mm -hmm. know I think the whole gender sex identity like your sexual orientation everything about that is on the very blurry line these days like there's Mm -hmm. a lot of room for people to explore and to self-identify I'm gonna just say it though like sometimes it does make me feel a little bit confused because Mm. it's not like a clear definition of like what is is supposed to be and I Mm -hmm. feel like that's why there's a lot of room for people to discuss and and talk about it and this Mm -hmm. musical being created way before all this conversation happened is really interesting the way that it opens up so many doors like so many rooms to just explore pretty much I personally I'm just gonna admit like I didn't really know anything about um, the LGBTQ community I think up until I went into university probably Mm -hmm. And by then, I already lived in Canada for three plus years, probably. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really interesting, like eye-opening even. Yeah. Because from where I was from, it's not this free. <laughs> you don't it, have a parade and stuff, you mean? No. Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. I think yeah. it's really, really interesting to learn about like different aspects, even if it's not something that is necessarily related to you personally. It's really interesting to hear about everybody's perspective and point of view. And when you learn about like one thing, it really is eye opening to everything else around you. Did you have that culture shock? No. Um, oh, so it was so, like already I'm common this- in Israel? I'm from the center um, in Israel. So um, right next to Tel Aviv. And Tel Aviv has a pride parade every year in june i think it's the biggest one in asia so it is something that i grew up around it's not something that was really like talked about all that much it's not i wasn't really exposed to anything along those lines because my main exposure to anything i think was media and a lot of western media maybe had like this one character in a tv show that was gay or something like that especially since I wasn't really aware, like literally all I care about was the media. So my point of exposure would be that one person or one character in the in a, in a TV show. In Canada, I got to see more people who did identify as like part of the LGBTQ community. But I think it's also because when I came here, I was like, what, 14, 15. So people were discovering themselves a lot more and they understood like what they identify as. So I got to see a lot more people like that. And mm-hmm. I got to hear a lot more personal experience. And also I got into like YouTube and just watching other people from completely different cultures and different experiences for me so I got to learn more about that as a group for sure but I don't know if it was completely a culture shock okay but it's really interesting that you say that because I remember like we talked before and you're like oh you know my friends they are getting married in like Singapore or something like that or they're getting, like they're a couple from there and from here so I assume this is something you grew up with as oh definitely not yeah yeah I mean I have a lot of friends like that now but then Mm. it's it was a new concept for me when I moved here Mm, got it yeah interesting yeah okay going back to the angry inch (laughs) uh I think this is the last song maybe 
ish that I really enjoyed. I think it has such a chaotic energy, which I really, really like. I like how it shows that she's disoriented and angry after her operation. I think the song really, really clearly um, continues the theme of the divide between the East and the West with her and specifically East and West Germany. Um, and I really like that everything about this is really, really memorable. So I think you mentioned it as a negative thing about the repetition, but the repetition made it kind of hummable. It's something that I think I remembered at least the chorus from the first time I heard it. So I liked the repetition. So for me, it was definitely one of the better songs. Mm-hmm. Wig in a Box, for me, this is like the one, the last song that I really, really enjoy. It's so cute. And I like how vulnerable she, like she is and how vulnerable the song is as a whole. So Hedwig until now had a very specific type of vulnerability, which is very surface level. So she had like the oversharing kind, but she was wrapped in such thick walls to guard herself from everybody's reaction because of all the hurt she experienced so far. Um, this is the first song where she starts to peel her walls little by little and you get like specks of vulnerability from her that are so genuine and they rump up in intensity to the final breakdown with every song that passes so I really really appreciate that aspect of the song and I also really like that it's so sweet and gentle which is not a side of her that you saw all that much up until now Mm -hmm. what do you think? Yeah, honestly, you pretty much said everything that I have about the song, <laughs> but I also really enjoyed it. I think it's a really good song. I, I honestly pretty much enjoy every single song here. So, oh. yeah. Except for maybe When Love Explodes. <laughs> well, if I do realize which one that was, I'll probably still enjoy it. Okay, that's fair. Um, How about Wicked Little Town? Yeah, it's a sad song. Even just out of the context itself, it's a pretty good song. Mm-hmm. I feel really emotional and I feel really bad for her. And I also like how they play with the lyrics. So some of the lyrics written in this musical are quite brilliant. I think like there's this this line in the song, like if you got no other choice, you know, you can follow my voice. Mm -hmm. And you literally see this because Hedwig is following Tommy, right? Around the country from Mm -hmm. concert to concert. And you can also understood in the way that Tommy followed her voice like taking up a lot of the songs that she wrote so it's interesting I think it has a lot of musical symbolism Mm -hmm. in this one but how about you I think this song is interesting because this is the first song that really breaks the routine we had so far. So I think we talked about a lot in the beginning, especially with like Waitress, which is our very first episode. But a lot of musicals are constructed in a way where you have like an energetic number or like a high intensity number and then a calm number. um, And they have like a very kind of ABAB type of um, structure to them. And this musical up until now had the same like intensity calm intensity calm um alternation between songs and this is a pretty calm song that uh is followed or sorry preceded by a very calm song wig is a wig in a box so i found that really really interesting 
Um, I like that it contributes to the vulnerability theme. So like we talked about before, she ramps up in vulnerability as the show goes on from Wig in a Box. And the type of vulnerability that she has right now is the same continuation, but it's going to change as we move on to different songs. So I like that it shows us this kind of like very calculated, very um, deliberate song selection and placement which is something I really appreciate in a musical also I appreciate this is a soft song I think like are you familiar with the Carpenters yes okay perfect can you see them singing it because I can totally see them singing it I haven't thought about it that way but okay really? yeah. <laughs> um and one last thing I really like Itzak's backing vocal I think they really oh, yeah. add to the performance definitely how about the long grift this is where I really appreciate Isaac's vocal. So good. Mm-hmm. I literally had to Google what gigolo is. That gigolo? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know what it means. Really? Yeah, okay. it was so interesting. That was, I was an interesting like, Google. What is this? But okay. Did you get um, any strange ads afterwards? <laughs> no. That's goodness. So good then. <laughs> I hopefully not going to show up from now on. But yeah. <laughs> But from this one, you definitely can see that her relationship with Tommy is so close to yeah. her relationship with Yusuke. Like, she is pretty much repeating her mistakes without totally. knowing it. That, like, first of all, they got married so that he can be out of Croatia. Just the same reason that um, she was leaving East Berlin. Or, mm-hmm. like, Tommy started out saying backup for, for Hedwig and then become the star. And this is exactly what is also happening right now. Mm-hmm. So... I thought there is a lot of interesting similarities between the two relationships that she has or the three relationships that she has. Realizing these parallels is going to make the ending much more interesting, I Mm -hmm. think, because she does break through that cycle. She does break through the routine. And vocal-wise, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. But yeah. Yeah, totally. I think you nailed it because this is exactly what I I, um, wrote as well, because the main reason for the song existence is to be this hard hitting number that really clearly shows all the parallels between Hedwig's story so far and what she's doing to um, Itzhak. So I think in that kind of that being the purpose of a song, it really delivers and you conceptualize it perfectly. And I would also like to add that he sounds absolutely great in here. And I can see why the performance itself is very impactful on everybody and Hedwig in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to couple the next two, which is Hedwig's Lament and Exquisite Corpse. Yeah, I honestly don't have anything to say about the second song. Oh, me too. Because <laughs> it was so chaotic. Yeah, I really agree with you. I have very little to say about this song. It's really not something I'd go back to listen to because it's not memorable or has much applicability outside the overall performance and experience of the show itself. Like the song is very visual and acting centric. And the main purpose of this is really witnessing Hedwig's breakdown. And this is kind of like just the channel for it. For it to be effective outside that kind of context of the performance, it really has to be more of a vibe, which at least for me, it really isn't. Musically, it's a little bit too tame. So yeah, yeah, this is just a performance song. I agree. 
I hope that they have stronger numbers leading up to the reprise and essentially the finale, though, because I do feel like they have very strong climax in terms of the plot and the ending also finished really strong. Yeah. So the first half of this entire show was really good musically. So I Mm -hmm. really hope that they have this, maybe this part that (laughs) they can do something about it to make it still really interesting and strong that would make that lead up seems more natural that's interesting you say that because i think i bought it personally oh, but really? i would only buy it with the context of the performance mm. if like i said when i listened to it by itself it really took a lot of the bite out of it first of all because i have much more shallow understanding of who Hedwig is and seeing how she interacts with other people, how she interacts with the audience, her mannerism, her personality. It doesn't really shine through in a lot of the songs, which is an issue for a musical because a lot of people won't have the opportunity to see this musical live. They would only have the opportunity of cast recording. Um, Luckily, this musical has a movie adaptation as well, so that can be really helpful. But it's important for a musical to be able to convey everything musically as well as, you know, the acting and the performance aspect of it by itself. So the overall end product, I thought it was effective. Musically only, it's not. Mm -hmm. Speaking of ramping up to the finale, we have Wicked Little Town Reprise and Midnight Radio. Maybe we combine them two. Sure. So for the reprise, I think is really great. I appreciate that in the version um, because you don't need someone else to get over something. So do you also understand it as like, does it actually happening in real life or this is part of what she is thinking through like internally? I think it happens in real life. Oh, okay. So I sort of understood it as something that happens within herself kind of Mm -hmm. that's and and I like it and I like it that way because for me it pretty much is saying that you don't really need someone else to get over something or to forgive someone Mm -hmm. that this is a personal journey and we witness it and it makes so much sense that you didn't really need to involve any external parties to make that happen Mm -hmm. so how I see it is that she is essentially making two journeys one is a search for her spiritual other half but also for a search of like that physical maleness that mm-hmm. she lost before. And what she eventually discovered is that she must find both halves within herself, right? How Tommy is sort of like a half of her that she made because she mentioned that, oh, we have the same eyes, we have whatever. Like there's a lot of similarities that sort of points out to saying that Tommy is essentially what she made for herself but Mm -hmm. you don't need that like everything about you the answer is within yourselves and you don't actually need like a physical penis for example to be a man Mm -hmm. so that maleness as well as the femaleness comes from within your person and I really prefer this interpretation not just because it comes from me but (laughs) Mm-hmm. Also, because I feel like that's a great message for anyone to take away with that you don't really need anything, either is a physical partner or whatever. Now you can forgive whatever happened in the past. Now you can move on. Now you can feel like you're a complete person because this can all be done within yourself. And I think this is a very empowering and satisfying, comforting thought that, yeah. you know, you can do this by yourself and that's fine. 
And for the finale, I really like the finale because you can clearly see that she is at peace with the answers that she has found. Mm-hmm. And like all this time, all this journey, she has this feeling that she is incomplete, that she there's missing parts that you know requires a, a lover or somebody else to complete her. And having grown wiser through this whole experience and seeing now how she realizes that she is completed as she is now it's so satisfying to see that she becomes comfortable with the idea of making herself up rather than following the perceived realms of like destiny or whatever she's just good on her own with or without a lover or somebody else mm-hmm. um, and she's okay with living the so-called the gray zone and she gives her blessing to Isaac or I'm not gonna try but (laughs) and and that is such a redeeming moment I think for me that she now feels so completed and secure that she is able to pass that down to somebody else I think that's a great message I really really enjoyed the reprise of Wicked Little Town I enjoyed it more than the original hmm before we go into that Claire why you didn't say your favorite oh okay um I think it's probably Tear Me Down. Okay. Wow. Okay. The first mm-hmm. one. Bang on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed a reprise of Wicked Little Town more so than the original song because it fits a lot better in the reprise, in my opinion. It's kind of like sunshine coming out after the storm with its gentleness contrasted with the chaos of the storm before. And the lyrics just feel more meaningful to me and the peace offering makes it seem almost biblical in a way um in terms of midnight radio this song has much more of a vibe compared to almost any other song before it in the show perhaps with the exception of angry inch and i think this is kind of like the vibe i was talking about that was missing from the previous two songs when hedwig was having a meltdown if they took a piece of that um, and expand on it more, I think it would be more impactful musically. So this is kind of going in the right direction, and I'm glad that they're kind of making it more um, impactful for the finale, which is what I would like to see in a show. Um, I think it is really effective, like you said, that Hedwig can have such an immense growth within the show, and it's so rewarding to see her become a better person as the show continues, because the audience is rooting for her the entire time. She has been, like, screwed over time and time again, but she finds it within herself to rise through it and also forgive, and ending of the show with Itzak is, like, passing the torch, and it's a very beautiful moment to finish the show, so I really, really appreciate it. I thought it was a brilliant ending. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we say our final thoughts? Did we encapsulate them? What do you think? Um, I think we said enough. Do you have anything to add, maybe? No, no. I think it will just be a summary of what I already said. So, yeah. yeah. The audience can probably tell that we both really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's so nice. Musically, it's nice. Like, story plot-wise, is interesting. Character-wise, it's so complex that I really, actually really, really enjoy her character. Yeah, she is, yeah. she is a really well-done character for sure. And I think yeah. she feels very real. It's interesting because I feel like she is so different than all of the other protagonists that we covered before. She is. Yeah. I think this is definitely very unique in the voice that it has and the production that it has and also in the character. So all around, it feels very fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we move on to the quiz portion? Okay. It was very difficult because you can't do something like, well, which character are you from Hedwig and the Angry Inch? Oh, you really have one option. So this is a little bit of a different flavor. 
Okay. So we are doing the quiz called "What Song from Hedwig and the Angry Inch Best Fits You." Okay, so in the quiz introduction, the person who created it says, "This is my favorite musical of all time, and you should listen to whatever song you get, and then listen to the whole cast album." So that's really cute.、Um, this was a you quiz, and it was created by HTTP HTTPS Awesome. So thank you HTTPS Awesome, you really helped us. We're in a little bit of a pinch trying to find something. Anyway. Let's start. Pick a type of rock music. Already, this is not geared towards me, but、uh, the options are glam rock, punk rock, emo, classic rock, soft rock. Classic rock. I think I'll、oh, probably or maybe soft rock.、Hmm. No, I'm gonna go with classic. I think I'll go with glam rock. I have absolutely no idea the distinction between them. I just understand they exist, but I like glam.、Okay. How do you feel about the changing of Sugar Daddy in Broadway version? Needless to say, we only watched the Broadway version, so、uh, it will be a little bit limited. But the options are: I like it. It had much higher energy, and overall, it's just a more fun song. I appreciate the connection to glam rock, where it wasn't really prevalent before. Because hey, this musical needs references to glam rock. The changing it erases the connection that rock music has to country slash folk music. And oh, so I was right. I was totally guessing. <laughs> And they did not appreciate the connection to Dolly Parton being erased. Now I'm really curious about how it was before.、Mm-hmm. I like both songs a lot. I can appreciate both versions without feeling like something was lost. I have no opinion whatsoever. Meh. I'm gonna go with I like it. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that too. Because I feel like I would probably go with I have no opinion whatsoever. But I I did really enjoy it. So I don't know if the meh fits.、Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Favorite actor that portrayed Hedwig. We only watched the one. But、yep. the options are Neil Patrick Harris, John Cameron Mitchell,、um, Tay Diggs, Andrew Rennell, Michael C. Hall. They didn't even mention Chris,、um, Darren Chris. <laughs> okay, maybe it was created before. Maybe、um, we're gonna go with Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Pick a shade of pink. Hot neon pink, the shade that only shows up on lights in seedy clubs late at night, where there's so much shadow that your eyes strain trying to look for anything, so you're left just sitting there and admiring the vague details. Soft pink, the beginning of a sunset while you're laying on the beach. It's warm but starting to cool down now. The tourists are starting to leave, but you sit there and enjoy the moments where everything starts to come together. A plum pink smoothie that came free as you walked in the door. A previous customer ordered it and left before they received it. You're in the hip new smoothie place that came highly recommended, and smooth jazz is constantly playing over the speakers. This is so detailed. I know, right? I did not expect this. <laughs> a shade of pink, so dark it's almost red. You see it on a flower growing out of the concrete. It looks like it has spent every ounce of energy just to bloom in the first place. Who knows how long it will last? But for a moment, it's beautiful. Bubblegum pink. It makes you yearn for childhood. It looks so sweet and tasty that it makes your mouth water and teeth ache. It reminds you of the summers where you got to play outside until a streetlight came on. Freedom. Wow, this person is poetic. Very <laughs> and、uh, very creative. I'm gonna go with soft pink. Me too. I like the description of bubble gum pink the most, though. But、yeah. as a shade, soft pink is nice. <laughs> What piece of vintage technology did you still use slash admire greatly? VHS tapes plus VCR. That's me. <laughs> no question about it. Cassette players, record players, CD-ROMs, MP3 players. 
CD-ROMs. CD-ROMs, really? Yeah. Uh, I used favorite... to have a record player, too. You did? Yeah. I, have... I, I don't have it here. Oh, it sucks. I have records like that I got for, I used to volunteer at the library and I got some for free after oh, a volunteering event. It was for uh, a musical I'm sure we'll cover in the future here. Uh, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to that today. <laughs> um, favorite makeup or what makeup can you not leave the house without? Eyeshadow, lipstick, nail polish, foundation. I don't wear makeup. Brow pencil, <laughs> but it's not here. So I'm going to Which put- one? Um, eyebrows oh pencil yeah Yeah. would eyeshadow be a substitute uh no okay (laughs) no it's different very different so I'm gonna go with I don't wear makeup okay I'm gonna go with lipstick I wear lip balm constantly Mm -hmm. um the 2020 Tonys so this they literally just um didn't want to include Dan Chris in here then because 2020 the 2020 Tonys have been replaced by a Grease sing-along there wasn't 20 uh, Tony's in 2020 so maybe maybe not who knows how does that make you feel I love Grace I'm definitely gonna check it out meh I wasn't going to watch the Tony's anyway I'm not sure how much fun a Grace sing-along will be if I can invite people over Grace is too popular and I find it annoying Grace is incredibly problematic why not choose a musical that has aged better and better presents theater now uh I wasn't going to watch it anyway I don't like Grace so Greece is incredible for <laughs> I wouldn't say because of that. All the music in Greece is a bop. Like they're so, so good. But the musical itself, I don't like at all. Mm-hmm. What vaguely related musical do you also enjoy slash want to check out? Fun Home, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Falsettos, Rent, Avenue Q. Luckily, I'm familiar with all of them. Um, how about you? I mean, we already check out three of them. Yes. So... I'm going to go with the horror picture show because why not? Mm. Oh, yeah. Luckily, it's not because I shouldn't be familiar with them. <laughs> I'm going to go with Rent because that's the one I enjoyed the most. Rocky Horror Picture Show, when we get to that episode, I watched it um, at my alma mater and it was a nightmare. Okay. So, yeah. Well, because- this is not saying that I enjoy it. I just wanted to check out. Sure. Pick a Broadway Controversy. The Miss Saigon original whitewashing cast. (laughs) The non-autism-friendly puppet play. I don't know what that is referring to. Whatever that was going on with the West Side Store revival. The whole mess that occurred towards the end of Beetlejuice. The announcement of the OBC cast would be in the recording of Hamilton, where the original ensemble was forgotten. I'm going to go with Miss Saigon. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. I don't know really what the other ones refer to. (laughs) What all-female gender-switched adaptation of this play musical just slaps? The Zoo Story, Julius Caesar, Company, Oklahoma, American Idiot. I don't know. I haven't watched any of them. The only one I'm familiar with the gender switch of is Company, so I'm going to choose that one. Okay. I'm going to choose the Zoo Story, even though I have no idea what this is. (laughs) Okay. What did you get? The Long Grift. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, the song that exploring the hurt that they have been through after everything that Hegwood has put them through. You've probably been hurt deeply by a loved one, <laughs> whether accidentally or on purpose, but you've made through it and have become stronger after that. Not only are you a confident person that knows who you truly are, but you've learned how to live your truest self whenever possible. Okay. I got a song that um, we kind of trashed. <laughs> Oh. Exquisite Corpse. 
the ultimate mental breakup song. <laughs> If this is your theme song, then you are a person with strong highs and deep lows, and you feel everything so intensely from these rich emotional pools. You can pull out uh, the most meaningful art and understand more things about the world than most people. This is very wrong about me, but I wonder. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I was really hoping we would each get our favorite song. That didn't happen. That's fine. That's, That's fine. right. That's fine. Um, okay, so I think that leaves us with the final ranking. Okay. I literally had to falter. I was like, no final thoughts, no final thoughts, no final thoughts. And like hoped and prayed that my mouth would correspond with my brain. And it did. <laughs> so that worked out. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Never happened again. I'll give it 7 out of 10 tomatoes. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm also going to give it 7 out of 10 wigs. Okay. Okay. So I think this is it. If you want to discuss this episode with us, if you want to discuss any previous episodes with us, or you want to give us recommendations, we would be so happy to hear anything from you. Um, you can do that via our social media. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit will be Podway Podcast. If you're not a social media person, you can also contact us via our email, podwaypodcast at gmail.com. If you find it within your heart to give us a review, we would really, really appreciate it. It would really help us um, be discovered by more people so they can listen to us as well. They can uh, suss out the vibe and understand whether this is something that they like or not. Hopefully they do. So please give us a review if you can. And apart from that, thank you very much for listening to this, what I'm guessing is going to be a pretty short episode. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye.